From the high desert in Far East West Texas, this is the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Uh, joining me on the High Desert Hotline uh, for this episode is Scott Van Pelt, who is coming off a very busy uh, last week or so, uh, where his son Charles was born. The Maryland Terrapins upset Texas in Texas, and the Midnight Sports Center with SVP entered its third season. Scott, welcome to the world's fastest growing sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It has been uh, it's been a lot going on, but it's been it's been great. You get any sleep the past week? Yeah, we're doing all right. We, it's my 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 bride and I have things sort of figured out just in terms of the, the schedule I have is the oddity of it all actually works out pretty well because if there's you know late late nights I'm available although in the very early stages she's taking care of uh, pretty much all, all of that um, we've had family here uh, I'm just actually dropping uh, my mom off to, to head back home so now it's just us so now we find out. As the old saying goes, if we're uh, if we're capable of playing zone or not, um, I've got three little kids, and um, I told my daughter, I said, "You're you're going to be open, which means you have to take good shots." And she just said, "I don't know what that means." She's four, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just hoping I'm just hoping that the open man doesn't just absolutely gut us. Uh, well. You know, so I, I, you know, that that's a fun way to start this off. I, I got another one, another fun one, I think. So I saw a tweet of you that I think you or someone from ESPN sent out last week from like a 6 p.m. production meeting, and I noticed you were wearing a suit. And then I, I did watch that midnight SVP episode, and it looked like you wore the same suit. And so I got a wacky question: Or are you really wearing a suit the whole time? I am. I used to. When I used to do the show back in the day with Neil Everett, I used to be just in comfortable gear. I'd have on whatever. I mean, you know, jeans and a whatever, a sweater, a hoodie, whatever the case may be. And inevitably, it'd get to be, you know, 1045, and we're on in 15 minutes. And I'd, I'd be sprinting to my office, and it was chaos, and I was trying to put on clothes. And so now, because I come in so late, um, our production meeting's at 530, uh, and, and we were able to pretty effectively use the time from, say, 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock to tape an interview. Uh, I just show up ready to go. That way, if somebody, you know, let's say Mike Trout's available. Hey, can you come in at 5 o'clock to talk to Mike Trout? Yes, I can certainly make time for Mike Trout I see. at 5 o'clock. So you just show up. You just show up suited and booted, ready to go. That, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So you just started – uh, season three of the the Midnight Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, and uh, and it looks to me like you're still having a, a whole lot of fun with it. Uh, how do you feel about it after two years? That's the good. That's the good word. That's the operative word. Um, I was texting uh, back and forth with my friend Spencer Hall today, who's one of my favorite uh, writers of sport and anything else. You read him on SB Nation, and every day should be Saturday and. Uh, we, he, he said that he had seen our show following Georgia Tech and Tennessee and said, man, you guys are loose and, and, and having fun. And I'm like, well, loose is the right word. Uh, we get a little loose into turn three from time to time and get up into the wall, I suppose. But look, Robert, the, the, the point here is really simple. We, we have a midnight show. It's late at night. We have games to talk about. We don't take ourselves particularly seriously, but we try to take the, the responsibility of telling you what happened and why seriously. So there's room for some serious and some goofy side by side. And, and that's it, man. And, and several years in, I think we've found our footing. We know 
who we are. I think more importantly, our audience knows who we are. They know what to expect from us, uh, whether it's franchise type things, if it's a Monday and it's bad beats, or if it's something maybe a little more serious, like whatever, one big thing, which is commentary on the topic of the day or, or right. something that I saw that I, w- I wanted to expound upon. I mean, we found things that we, that we, uh, that we like and, um, and more importantly, we've just, we found a level of, of complete comfort in how we do what we do and having my guy, Steve Stanford, Steve alongside is great because he's become more comfortable in being who he really is, which is a guy who is incredibly loyal, who has my back until the end. But as any great friend would be a guy that, who will, <laughs> who will relentlessly bust my balls. And, and that's what you want. You want yep. a guy who's there to, 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 to keep you honest and to call you out. And he's, he's doing more and more of that. And you're getting a much more authentic look, at the guy that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, not some, you know, he's not some guy there to be like, you know, you're the greatest or any of that. That's not, that's not how our relationship works. Hey, could, can you take me through, uh, through, uh, how the, the scheduling when you're not there was thought about? Because for me, like, I'd rather just see the SVP version of the show all the time. Right. Even if you're not there, like when you're when, you know, I'd like to see them handle it like, you know, say they handled Oberman when he was there or or a show like PTI where I'm getting that kind of a sports center, even if you're not there. Um, do, do you think that would work? I mean, or, 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 or do you really not care either way how, how any of that goes down? It's interesting because as you're saying it, I'm picturing someone else doing our version of the show. And I and I'm wondering how I would feel about that. And, and I I mean. I guess, I mean, we didn't invent the show. SportsCenter doesn't belong to me, but I, I feel like that version of it does. And okay. I, in, in, in a way, I guess I, I, there's a sense where you feel sort of like proprietary uh, over certain things. And, and not, not like you don't want to see somebody dancing with your girl, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I just, I just, I don't, I don't know that somebody would want to go on and do gambling topics. And one big thing's easy. Anyone could do it. Just pick something you want to talk about and, and write it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think that what, what you've got with sports center is a template in place of we, we've done this show in some form or fashion for 30 some odd years. And if Van Pelt's not here, well then we'll, we can just do what we would do before we did this. So I don't even, I don't know. No one's ever said, Hey, would you mind? I mean, of course I wouldn't mind. It's, it doesn't really, doesn't belong to me. Um, but I guess that that conversation, as far as I know, has never really happened. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think, uh, you know, probably starting four or five months ago, I just started, I just started DVRing the show and I usually, it's usually, right. it's usually, you know, what I watch as my morning show, uh, to get caught up on sports. And, uh, you know, the, because it, I, I definitely notice it doesn't always show up on my DVR. It's 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 that that's what got me thinking. Hey, you know what? Why don't they just do that even when he's not there? So there will. So I'll, I'll right. remember. Well, I guess, I guess what what they did in creating, finally getting my name in the title from the DVR standpoint was at least that way. If you when we are on and we are look in the summertime, I get it. We go away and, and there's a frustration level for people. Like, what are you? Like, are you a teacher? You know, in the <laughs> summer, you're gone. But I mean, let's just be honest about it. Whether look at anybody that does that does sports anywhere, uh, whether it's a guy like a Francesa on radio, or look at competitors somewhere else, a Cowherd or whomever. I don't, I don't think you see them turn up a ton in July and August. I mean, the, the times that matter from a sports perspective, the most nationally are once football starts through the NBA finals, because baseball is still very, very popular, but much more so regionally. Yep. So. 
the frustration, I, I guess, maybe for us going away and, and, and having the schedule kind of bounce around gets gets ironed out much more so once we get to the fall. Yeah, that that uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Okay, so um, you know, most listeners probably don't know this, but the, I, I think the the primary way I first came in contact with you, well, besides remembering you from Channel Five in DC, like in the early '90s, was uh, the, all of the the Jamie Horowitz FS1 trash talk about ESPN. And, uh, and, and, and since then, and you were, you were definitely like one of the very first people from ESPN to, to come out sort of guns blazing and saying, Hey, you know what? No. And, uh, and I always respected that. And I, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, a, now that, uh, that Jamie's gone and B in the last week or so, you've been really busy. You might not have noticed this, but, uh. But, oh, I saw uh, it. I know right. you're going to say. Okay, yeah, the 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 PR guys are going back and forth with each, with each other from uh, from ESPN and FS1. And I, I talked to Deitch last week, and he brought up a, a great point, which I really hadn't thought about, which was that stuff probably plays very well uh, with the ESPN employees when they do it. So I'm just wondering what your take is on the whole thing. Kind of uh, now we're we're a couple of months removed, I guess, from from when uh, from when Jamie was uh, let go at FS1. Well, let, let me just start with this. It's just television, right? And most of us are most of us are friendly with one another. Um, I don't really think that there's anybody that I openly dislike. There's people I don't know, um, and so I can't say that we're friendly. But but it's just sports television. It's not massively important. Um, I said what I said because I I just that's how I felt and it's how I feel uh, if. It, for instance, they, the last year that you know they had three Cub playoff games in one week, and then the promos were this is America's number one sports network. Um, well, <laughs> oh, all right, you, you won the week, and that's bully for you. Um, I, do we run ads for the other fifty-one weeks for for the rest of time that say that we are? I mean, at some point, you you, you get poked enough. And then you say, all right, listen, you want our and see, this is how it works from their perspective, is that if you actually give them attention, then they go, well, they shouldn't be paying attention to it. Yeah. Well, if you keep poking somebody in the chest enough, eventually they'll turn around and they'll give you the backhand and say, listen, you know, you guys really want to have. Uh, I mean, there's, I, there's no I started to say it. Can I cuss on this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. OK. Uh, well, do you really want to have a dick measuring contest? Like, is that what we're doing? Because, I mean, we can go Milton Berle here and only pull out enough to win if that's how you want to go. I just don't understand how anyone, like anyone who's paying attention, understands what this is. And and um, I guess people got within the, the PR ranks or however it went in the food chain, got to the point where they're like, listen, let's just say here's what it is and these are the ratings and this is what we've done. And, and they, they got more aggressive. Uh, nobody told, I mean, nobody's, it wasn't like there was some mandate where they said, here's what we're going to do. I mean, it just, we saw the tweets the same as anybody else and you go, huh, that's interesting. Um, but I mean, I said what I said just because, um, I do know Jamie and, and I don't have any animosity. He, he, I understood the, the game plan. Um, you know, you talk about all the things we're not and, and all the things they aspire to be. And if they get there, then that's great. But in the meantime, there, this is what, this is where I, where I land with all this. The, the, the insistence upon certain people that cover this this beat 
and this is so inside the beltway, frankly, let's be honest, that there are plenty of people that are interested in this, but it's still an incredibly small click, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the, TV, the TV media stuff. But, but those that, that follow it understand that the term rivalry is just such an interesting thing. If you want to say that first take and undisputed are rivals, then by all means, they're rivals because they do the same thing. One guy used to work with the other guy. Now he works for the other place. And we'll compare notes of what the ratings are for that. But in all of these pieces that I read where the term rivalry is used, I just don't understand <laughs> what are we even talking about. They're, they, they're not on at night. They're a nine-to-five outfit, essentially. They don't have a news department. They don't have reporters. They don't do a daily sports show. They, they, do, they, they, they talk about slash argue sports, and we cover sports. Like, right. I don't – what argument could be made to counter that? That's what it is. And to the degree that they are carving out a, a niche for themselves in that space and they're getting uh, viewers and they're growing, good, great, understood. But how, how is it a rivalry? In what sense? I mean, the night that Muhammad Ali died, right. we went on the air at 12.30 in the morning. The sports center started. It ran – without commercial interruption, until 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. And Bob Lee was there, and Jeremy Schaap was there, and John Anderson was there, and I was there, and Neil Everett, and Stan Verrett, and, and Steve Levy were out in Los Angeles. And they brought, they brought Michael Wilbon on, and they brought Stephen A. Smith on, and they had Teddy Atlas doing a live shot at 3 o'clock in the fucking morning in Montreal, yep. okay, to talk about Ali and Liston. And, and at the end of that, you think, this is what you do if you're aspire to be a sports network you talk about one of the most compelling athletes that's ever lived and you cover it because this is how media works now you just come on and you talk until you're exhausted you've exhausted the topic but that's what we did from 12 30 in the morning until four in the morning well i don't know that fox sports one was on and if they were on i don't know what it would have been right so when i hear rivalry things like this come up and i just go all right well in what sense First take and undisputed rivals, sure, sure, but the rest of it, come on, like yeah. how, what? Let's be, be be honest about what you're comparing. Yeah, I mean, as far as the ESPN versus FF, FS1 stuff goes, uh, I, I am right there with you. But but uh, you know, I I am wondering, like, do you, do you do you uh, do you have a positive response, like when you see your your PR guys going at them with? Uh, you know, 12, 12 times bigger ratings and, you know, that kind of thing? Or, or do you tune off? Tune, no, tune? I mean, no. It, I mean, I, it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not jumping up and down. I just, it's more, I'm just, I, it's more, I just acknowledge, oh, they, well, they said what, I don't know. I mean, they're just stating the facts. What happened, yep. And I mean, and, and I mean, look, there's, there's folks on their side. What's that guy's name who does a really good job that covers it? Michael, um, McCarthy? his last name. No, oh, Mulvihill, no, Mulvihill. Oh, at yeah, Fox. Yeah, 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 Mike Mulvihill, sure. And, 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 and I, I mean, and I, I see that, you know, the way that, that he covers it is from their perspective. You can take numbers and you can make them say anything you want to say, right? Yep. Um, but so he's going to do it his way and, and, and shine a light on the things that are positive, which is he ought to do. And our guys are going to, and uh, our men and women are going to do the same thing. Um, but no, I don't like, I don't think, yay, I think that they're, yay, I'm glad they're doing it. Honestly, I, I worry about my little space in the world, and I try to do the best job I can do at midnight. And that's that's the rest is the rest. Um, you know, it, it, this kind of stuff is is more. 
I, you know, I, I say all this with a smile on my face. I mean, it's just, it's, again, it's just, it's just television and sports and it's not that big a deal. Um, I just, you know, I, I, certain things that people kind of fudge and create these, these talking points that I just don't think are accurate. That, that part I do think is at least worth pointing out. Yeah. You know, so I, I know that you're at least obviously peripheral, peripherally, if I could speak, uh, aware of the ratings, um, but, you know, sort of beyond knowing that uh, if you have a big lead in like uh, A&M, UCLA or uh, some other big mm-hmm. game, the numbers are going to be bigger. That was on Fox. That was on Fox. Oh, 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 I got it. You know what? I'll edit I'll edit this. I am looking at the wrong okay. thing. So what I need is is the. Uh, is the uh, the the Georgia Tech game, Tennessee game, is right. the one the one that I right. was thinking of. Okay, okay. So if you've got Georgia Tech, Tennessee, you you know ratings are going to be higher because you you got a big lead in, um, and you know they're going to be smaller if you don't have any any kind of live event ahead of you. But of course. But, but but beyond that, and kind of looking to see, making sure the numbers track with how they ought to ha- ought to have tracked in uh, you know in that frame. Do 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 you bother worrying about it much at all, or thinking about it much at all? The ratings. Yes and no. Yes, you worry because you, if, if, if you tanked when you came on and you said you didn't worry, you'd be lying because somebody would look around and go, well, nobody wants to watch Van Pelt. This, but we need to, let's punt on that. So, sure, you, you, you keep tabs on things. And they've done uh, a great job of, of providing us the, the best uh, lead-ins. You know, it's the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. We, they, the good leads. They, they've given us the good leads. And so – we, we, our job is to try to do the best we can to hold what we get. And, I, and I'm, I'm proud of what I think we've done, particularly with things like, say, the NBA Finals. And, yep. and there's a good example, actually, of where there's a clickover because that's yep. not on ESPN. That's on ABC. Yep. But we had, you know, audiences of well over a million for those, uh, those NBA Finals games. And, you know, we've, in a, in, a, in a small window, only a couple of years, we've created this kind of template where I think guys get it. They know that they'll go to that set where they've got our logo and I'll do a talk back with Kerr and Durant and, and Curry and all these guys. And, and so the, the show that, that we've created that does follow in these important windows, uh, I think is, is resonating with people. And, and I, I've gotten overwhelmingly positive feedback from people. You're never going to please everybody. And there's going to be folks that say, sure. I, I miss the old sports and this or that. Yep. But, but, but our show is what it is. And we're trying to evolve in the space that we live in now. And so, um, so when you get those big lead-ins, do you do a good job holding them? Um, that's the goal, clearly. And then on the nights when you don't have as good a lead, uh, hopefully you're able to uh, to at least keep what you got, or maybe improve upon it. And you know, the people pay attention to the demos, and as I pointed out, in these upfronts, which again is an incredibly inside the beltway reference to these dog and pony shows where you talk to advertisers about who's watching and this and that, and we've. We've got this very specific young male demo, which all the advertisers covet, and, and ours is the highest rated of any show in late night, in, including uh, all of the guys, Colbert, Kimmel, Fallon, uh, yep. Corden, et cetera, uh, Conan, uh, the, the, all, everyone. Like this, it was 18 to 34 or whatever it is, this, this demo that the advertisers want. Well, we've, we've got that um, because young men like sports. That's not an, exactly an, a, a eureka moment, but so – We've done we've done a decent job with those types of things, but the, that's just a long answer, obviously. But when, when the no part 
that I would say is ultimately you, you got to do a show you like, and you yeah. got to create a show that, that, that is fun to do. And if an audience is out there and they happen to see it, then that's great. And then maybe they'll come back and get in and see it. But if you do a, a show that's really, really good and no one sees it, well, it doesn't mean it was a lousy show. It just means that it didn't have an audience, which is too bad. So yeah. you can't make whether you had a good number or didn't the uh, the arbiter of whether or not it was a good show. That can't be how you view things. You know what I'm right. saying? And yep, that's hard, sure. but I think yep. I, I, I feel sincerely that way. Uh, you know when you've done a show where you you know hey things were we had a lot of fun tonight this was a this, this was a good one I thought we had a fun show last night after the the Georgia Tech Tennessee game it was loosey goosey some some serious some not so serious and and what, I don't know what the number was but you know hopefully it was pretty good because it was a good game and it went to overtime so people were probably watching that that uh, that all sounds very good hey can, can you kind of just take me through like uh, what your environment is and like what your headspace is like are you fired up are you in the zone when you, when you're writing uh, uh, one big thing yeah I think I mean th- that's a that's a process that that is uh, it's different every day I mean in the past couple of weeks or just I'll just say the past weeks worth of time I wrote about this this deal out at Iowa where they've, they're creating this kind of new tradition where, where people in this Kinnick stadium wave at these kids that are up in this hospital. And it's, I, I felt like a really warm kind of a human thing. And I, I saw it on Saturday and then I wrote about it on Sunday on a day that I, um, uh, before I went in to go to work, um, I, I used the, you know, the time in the afternoon to write that, um, sometimes it's something that, that comes up in a meeting. We have a great, a great group. that's really invested in the show and an idea could come out of that that I don't even know about when I walk into a meeting at 5:30, and then you're then you're writing it at, in at night um, during the finals I was trying to write something that was game specific which there's times when you're in a break after you've just interviewed somebody and you're trying to put the finishing touch on what's equivalent to an essay wow. where there's a little bit I guess maybe I understand what it feels like to be a writer on deadline you know because it's You've got 10 minutes left and you're trying to finish this off. So it's different every day, but it's something that was born out of radio uh, that we did there that I really enjoyed. And um, I feel like it's, it's one chance on a daily basis to give some version of commentary. And it makes me appreciate the opening that Oberman did on a daily basis even more because you appreciate just the level of genius that's required to hammer out something. I mean, his would be six, seven, eight minutes a day. I try to keep mine between two and two and a half and three and it's just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, speaking of measuring contests, you just, you're not going to try to put your brain on the table next to his, you know? <laughs> um, but, but I do, I do enjoy the opportunity on a daily basis to, to carve out that spot, right? Some piece of commentary about the it, most recently was this Kevin Sumlin and you had a boot, you had a, a guy on the board that was saying he should be fired. And I just felt like that was not exactly befitting someone that's a board member at a university to be acting like you're in a chat room, you know? So um, th- those you ask, am I in the zone? I mean, you, you try to get to that point because I think writing and having a, knowing what your voice is in this business is the most important thing you can have, right? Is what is your voice? What do you have to say? Do you articulate your thoughts clearly and in an interesting way? That's hard to do every day, really hard. And, um, and I find that the challenge every day is, is part of what makes the show a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so you mentioned on, uh, on, uh, the, the Saturday night, Sunday morning show where you're originally going to have, uh, my boy Gorkis Hernandez's great catch, 
but because of the football games, and this time I, I think I can call it A&M versus UCLA maybe. Uh, Correct. It became the best thing I saw today. And uh, mm-hmm. what's what, when, when that's all going down, like at what point are you going, okay, we're going to have to scrap what we have and, and start all over? And what, what's that process work like? And, and, uh, and, and, and how far from, from, from the show actually going on the air was all that getting hammered out? That happened that night, not five minutes before the show started. Um, that, that's when it would really be fun if people could see what goes on. Because there are plenty of nights when your show is largely, script, is largely as scripted, meaning it, it plays out the way that you laid it out from your 5.30 meeting until midnight. Right. And the games play, and all right, here's some highlights, here's some stuff. That night, we intended to lead with the best thing I saw today, which was this great Hernandez catch for the Giants in center field. And then, well, we'll probably show the A&M uh, UCLA game, but and it's 44 to 10. Maybe we'll move that to the Bs, which is the se- second segment of the show. And, hey, you know, this Virginia Tech-West Virginia game is pretty good. We'll probably lead with that, um, however that plays out. That, that, that was our A block. Well, in the, in the half an hour before we went on the air, UCLA decided that they were going to win this game, and that game ended essentially – uh, five minutes, if before we went on the air, it, it, less than that. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting on the chair on the set, waiting to go on the air, and uh, we're we're uh, we go on the air when the Yankees Red Sox came in. So there's fluidity with that. We don't know when the last out's going to be recorded. Right. UCLA's driving. Oh, they just got it on fourth down. Oh, man, this uh, we got to lead with this. Well, let's see if they win. Meanwhile, West Virginia's driving down the field to try to go for a tying score against Virginia Tech. They've got a throw into the end zone. The guy looks like he catches it. He doesn't. Then they got a fourth down, you know, guy quarterback Greer rolls out, throws, uh, it's incomplete, game over. Well, all of these things are happening as the Red Sox and Yankees are playing the top of the ninth. And we come on after the third out. So that's when the show is absolutely its most fun because that's when you are truly winging it. And the when if you're, a te- if you're a television anchor, you get what are called shot sheets, and those are the pieces of paper that have the information on them that tell you what's happened in the highlight that you see. Right. Well, I had, a par- I had a partial shot sheet for UCLA um, and A&M, but then that was based on A&M destroying uh, UCLA, so it was very Texas A&M heavy. Well, once UCLA came back, then there was a brand-new version that was being edited, and when we came on the air – and I'm re- doing that highlight. I don't have the shot sheet. So my producer, who's a guy named Tom DeCordy, is in my ear telling me the play I'm going to see. Now, I've vaguely been watching it, but at this, you know, I'm trying to prepare to do a show, so I don't have every information of who the guys are and what the down and distance is. So it's, you're just winging it. And, again, that's when television is truly its most, you know, you just truly mainline the adrenaline uh, of, of what it can be of the, the live TV experience and you, you've got the subject matter that's so interesting because it just happened and it's like, holy shit, can you believe what just happened in this game? So, you know, those are the most fun nights for sure uh, when the script goes out the window and you just, you know, hopefully the viewer at home has is none the wiser that you're just kind of, you know, you're kind of cooking without a recipe, you know, hopefully the meal comes out. Yeah. If you, if you had not brought up that, it, that, uh, that Gorkis had been displaced, uh, I, I don't think I would have known. So, uh, lots of points for, uh, calm under fire. <laughs> well, we've done a few, we've done a few shows. So, you know, 
the ner- the, the nerves of it are long are long now replaced by just the excitement of hey, this is fun. We get to do we get to do kind of a high wire act, you know. Because look, once you realize that the worst thing that happens is it goes all wrong. Um, I mean, I'm a big believer in just look like last night I got the I, I had a, a, a cramp in my hamstring during a J.D. Martinez interview, which had never happened before. <laughs> so once we came out of that, I'm just like I tell everyone I, I am I am in debilitating pain at the moment and I will try my best. You, you could you could fake it and not not act like you're grimacing and you pushed your chair back from the desk. But you might as well let people in on the on what's happening. So when the show goes totally off the rails, I'm a big believer in just saying, well, you know, that certainly wasn't what we had in mind. But here we are. Well, you know, your your show, uh, you know, Deitch says this all the time. If you if you like gambling, you'll like uh, you'll like uh, SVP's Sports Center. And, and I, I think it's more that if you like SVP and uh, and his cast of characters, you'll like SVP Sports Center. Uh, but but the, uh, the the gambling stuff is fun. And, and I have I have a question for you with with all the wagering stuff that's going on. Do you guys wager on like on nights like uh, like Sunday night when when there's uh, when the, you know you're waiting for a football game before you get on? Do you, do you guys wager on what time the show will air? No, not, not in an actual sense. There'll be like in the room, it'll be like what's the on time, you know? And somebody will say we're on at eleven thirty eight, eleven sixteen. There's no actual money. It's just I mean, look, we're degenerates, but we're not betting on times. <laughs> You know, I mean, we're we're not we're not that bored. Um, so, and, and frankly, a lot of the I think a lot of the gambling stuff that we do is simply because we we weren't the first, but I think we were among the first on this sort of level of a broadcast to just again, it's third wall stuff where you just say, look, we know some of you out there had so and so in this game, and you got absolutely screwed because this happened, and I feel like. And, and like for people that don't do it, I, I feel like it's the kind of joke where those that know know, and those that don't aren't aren't put off necessarily. Although you're, you're going to from time to time, you get the people that are, you know, the, the moralists and they're upset. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, this is how we do it. Um, I'm sorry you don't enjoy it, but we uh, we're we're trying to serve an audience that we know is is uh, bigger than anyone in, in the certain leagues would ever like to acknowledge. For, for sure. Well, listen, Scott, thanks very much for uh, for joining the podcast, and I, I wish you all the best in uh, in Season 3 of the uh, the Midnight Sports Center. I appreciate uh, what you do, uh, and I appreciate the chance to come on and, and chat, and uh, by all means, keep us honest uh, with, with what, I mean, if it's good, great, and if the ratings stink, I'm, I'm sure you'll be there to say Van Pelt is tanking in year three. Uh, <laughs> he's probably he's soon to be looking for some other gig, but uh, uh, I appreciate I, the time to come on. I, I'm betting against that happening. Thanks again, Scott. Thanks again to Scott Van Pelt for joining the podcast. You can check out past podcasts. Recent guests include Sports Illustrated's Richard Deitch, TSN's Jay Onright, who's back at TSN doing Jay and Dan Sports Center Monday through Friday in Canada, and uh, NBC Sports Group uh, Digital Media Chief Rick Cordella. And uh, you can find all the past podcasts on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SportsTVRatings.com. Thanks for listening.